Hey, everybody, if you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Jerry's even here. She's sitting in for Dave C., the super producer. Uh, and this is Short Stuff. A good one, too, if you ask me. Yeah, so I know that A Christmas Story is one of your favorite movies. Mm -hmm. And I know that that uh, great scene at the end that is uh, unfortunately now dripping with uh, ethnic overturns and and racism. Sure. (laughs) But it's still a funny scene of the family going out to eat Chinese food on Christmas. Yeah. In an empty Chinese restaurant, the only problem I have with that, well, aside from the other stuff I just mentioned, (laughs) is that... It's not uh, it's not full of Jewish patrons. Yeah, it was, it's pretty much empty, if I remember correctly, isn't it? They're the only ones there. It is entirely possible that I think that it takes place in Cleveland, outside of Cleveland, doesn't it? Or is it Indiana? I think it was shot outside of Cleveland, but uh, maybe set in Indiana. Okay. There was probably not a Jewish person to be found in Indiana in the 19... 19- 30s. Maybe so. That's probably it. And my God, did you know Bob Clark died in a, a car accident brought on by a, a DUI driver in 2007? Oh, yeah. I had no idea until just recently. So I think his son too, right? Yeah, his, his oldest yeah, son. Very sad. R.I.P. Bob Clark and son. Um, but yes, yeah, so there is something weird in that there's no Jewish people in there because uh, any Chinese food restaurant uh, on Christmas in America, especially these days, you're going to find plenty of Jewish people eating there. In fact, it's a, a huge tradition among the um, Jewish American community, it turns out. Yeah, and uh, you brought up this very kind of funny moment at the Supreme Court confirmation hearings mm-hmm. for Justice uh, Elena Kagan. Uh, someone said, where were you um, during the Christmas attack launched by Al-Qaeda the year before? And she said, like all Jews, I was probably at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> what a great line. And apparently Chuck Schumer was like, well, the the reason being is because it's probably the only place open. So he just kind of ruined, he the, ex- ruined the whole thing. It. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he explained it. But he probably didn't need to explain because from, you know, just researching this, but also my own awareness, like eating Chinese food on Christmas is not just a Jewish tradition any longer. It's become an American tradition, but it definitely traces its origins back to the Jewish community. And apparently right around the turn of the last century in the Lower East Side of New York City is where the it really finds its roots which is pretty cool that you can trace something like that back like that. Oh, totally. Uh, it makes sense because uh, if, you're ty- uh, if you're talking about different types of food, like uh, like Mexican food or Italian food, mm-hmm. there's, you know, like dairy mixed in with the meat and a lot or most of the dishes. So it's, it's hard to eat kosher. Uh, Chinese food, first of all, doesn't have dairy. You know, my famous story about uh, does it have cheese on it <laughs> in the Chinese restaurant. Right. Still one of the great things that ever happened to me as a child was overhearing that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't, you know, they don't have dairy in their food generally. And 
Uh, the stuff is just, you know, you've got your meat and you've got rice and you've got things that are cooked together, but it's like vegetables and meats cooked together. It's not, it doesn't have like cream sauce or cheese and stuff like that. Right, which to a Jewish person is basically the tantamount to being kosher. And, you know, today it's really easy to um, be kosher in America because the food industry back in, I think, the 50s said, oh, you know, there's a lot of Jewish people who live here now. There's like a whole market for making kosher foods or just labeling foods as kosher that were already kosher anyway. Um, But before that, Chinese restaurants were one of the only places out in the rest of America where a Jewish person could go and and feel pretty confident about having a kosher meal. So, you know, that in and of itself makes sense. And there's also some other... um, there's other so there's some commonalities too, especially between Eastern U- European uh, Jewish people and um, Chinese cuisine, and that there there's a lot of sweet and sour dishes common to sure. both. Um, Kreplok, which is like a meat-filled dumpling, is is um, kind of resembles some of the Chinese meat-filled dumplings, like dim sum, um, and then also the pancakes. Chinese pancakes resemble blintzes too. So it's not like it was just the most entirely foreign concept to to a lot of these Jewish Americans who were recently arrived. Um, But it was still exotic and new, too. Yeah, so we'll take a break now, and then, as promised, I know I led us astray, but we will head down to the Lower East Side right after this. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
right. So you promised talk of the Lower East Side where this was kind of born. Mm -hmm. So there's a a woman named, and this is not a joke. Her name is Jennifer 8 Lee, Mm -hmm. the number eight. I guess she's named after the movie. I I don't know. I I didn't get that far. I just verified that that wasn't a typo. Yeah, Jennifer Eight with Andy Garcia and yeah, I can't remember who else. And John John Goodman. I can't remember who Who was Jennifer Eight. Is it Uma Thurman? Oh, maybe, maybe. Well, you you talk and I'll look up. How about that? All right. So Jennifer Eight Lee uh, is the producer of the Search for General So. Is it? It's General So, right? Yep. Okay. It's General Eight. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and she had this to say, Jews and Chinese were the two largest non-Christian immigrant groups at the turn of the century. Uh, and so these groups were linked by living in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and they were also linked by otherness. And uh, to for Jewish people to love Chinese food, um, she feels, just says a lot about immigration history mm-hmm. in the United States and uh, being an outsider in the United States kind of living together, which is really kind of a nice thing, I think. Yeah, I thought that was a really good point. And I'm sure it's an accurate point, too, but it's something that's kind of easy to overlook. A lot of people just yeah. kind of, I think, narrow it down to, oh, well, that was what was open on, on Christian and um, Christian holidays and Sundays, which is true. Um, like the, the, that's, that's, you know, a Chinese restaurant's going to be open on Christmas. So if you're a Jewish person looking to go out to eat, you know, the Italian place is going to be closed because they're celebrating Christmas. The, the, uh, the Irish pub's probably going to be closed because they're celebrating Christmas. So the Chinese food happened to be open, but it's definitely, there's a lot, a lot uh, further, deeper layers to it than that. Yeah. Another one is that, um, Chinese people had no history of being prejudiced toward Jewish people, which mm-hmm. was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were open on Sundays. Uh, they were open on other Christian holidays. They, I think, um, there could have possibly been a reputation at some Italian restaurants uh, early in the day of, uh, early in the days of New York that they were maybe um, not as welcoming for Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that a nice way to say it? At the very least, you know, if you were Jewish and you went to an Italian restaurant, you might take note of the extensive religious, yeah, the imagery of the the Virgin Mary (laughs) and Jesus with the crown of thorns and all that and be like, you know, I'm going to the Chinese food place instead. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't necessarily hostile. Right. But it, yeah, okay. it, it wasn't like, come in, Jewish friends, necessarily. Who knows? But they, they didn't have to think about it at the Chinese restaurant. And then what's more, right. too, it wasn't just the, the Jewish community that was welcomed with open arms to, to Chinese restaurants uh, uh, during this time. Um, if you were black, too, you could find a, a place to eat at a Chinese restaurant. They, they, they didn't discriminate against anybody. They were like, you got some money and you want to eat? Come on in. Yeah, it's very nice and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 30s, by the time the 1930s rolled around, Jewish cookbooks like full-on had Americanized versions of famous Chinese dishes like egg foo young and chop suey. And uh, the Lower East Side sort of started expanding. Jewish people moved out, moved to different boroughs, different neighborhoods, out into the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And bada bing, bada boom, all of a sudden, Chinese restaurants were following because they know they've got a good customer base. Yeah, dude. So there, I saw that there's something like 40,000 Chinese food restaurants in the United States these days. There's 14,000 McDonald's. 
So oh, wow. 40,000 Chinese food restaurants. And it was the this di- diaspora of the Jewish community from the Lower East Side of New York further and further out into America wow. that kind of drew Chinese food restaurants out with them. So you can thank uh, the Jews uh, from New York for your local Chinese food place that you love so much. Give them a, give them a tip of the hat and say, thank you, uh, Jewish friend. Um, I appreciate you bringing the Chinese food restaurant this way. That is really cool. I know they became sort of neighborhood hubs mm-hmm. uh, in Jewish communities, and they would see friends and neighbors, and the families were there, and children were playing together. Uh, it was just a, a sort of a beautiful symbiotic relationship, it seems like, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And so over time, uh, the rest of America said, hey— the Jewish people are really on to something here. Let's uh, let's get in on this. And nowadays, like eating Chinese food on uh, Christmas is a, a just a general American tradition. Um, and you can see that apparently in Google searches um, for Chinese food, which I guess skyrocket on Christmas or right around Christmas, right? Yeah, I think um, they go up, uh, or actually that's a Grubhub uh, stat is mm-hmm. Chinese food is up 152%. On Christmas Day, but uh, it definitely the Google search peaks on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and that's been going on since they've been keeping track of Google stats. Yep, and so apparently the most popular Chinese food order in all of America on any day, but in particular Christmas Day, is that General So's. Have you ever had Chinese food on Christmas? Yeah, yeah, and as a matter of fact, I didn't realize how cliche we were. You and I would go get General So's chicken at uh, Golden Buddha on. 10th oh, and, Street. Uh, oh, okay. On 10th in Midtown, not the one in Decatur. Gotcha. Uh, and we just drove past it the other day, and it's it's gone, which is kind of sad. So there goes our Christmas tradition. But, um, yeah, for, for a few years, we would go eat Chinese food on Christmas. It's good. I love Chinese food so much. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. As a matter of fact, um, researching this the other day, we ended up getting Thai. It wasn't Chinese, <laughs> but, you know, close enough. But I was like, we've yeah. got to get some Chinese food. Um, just from reading about all this and seeing words like egg foo young and chop suey and stuff, it made me so hungry for it. I never had that that stuff. I don't even know what chop suey is. So, so that, I think, is a short stuff in and of itself. But okay. supposedly they think it's chop suey basically means leftovers. So they, it oh, okay. has its own origin story. We'll do one on chop suey too, okay? Sweet. Sweet indeed. Um, so if you want to know more about Chinese food on Christmas, well then, buddy— You've got a day to figure it out and then try it for yourself tomorrow because the Jewish community figured it out a long time ago. And since I said that, it means that Short Stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. (laughs) 